on this episode of K-Pod. So for this episode of K-Pod, we're going to be talking about the COVID-19 or the coronavirus outbreak, both here in Korea and also in China. We'll first talk about how things were in the beginning, what we went through during that time. We'll then get into the changes here due to the outbreak, mass testing, tracing. And lastly, we'll talk about how it's all affected teaching, classes, what the new normal is, travel, what you can expect if you're still thinking about coming here, some online teaching, and where we think this is all going. It's Life in Korea with your hosts, Scott, Marco, and Adam, 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 Adam. Welcome to K-Pod, Life in Korea, the podcast that brings you some of the lives of people living and working right here in South Korea. I'm Scott, one of the hosts of K-Pod. I've been living and working in South Korea for almost 19 years now. I live in Masan, which is part of Changwon City, and I currently run Chang Wonderful and Chang Wonder Entertainment, including this podcast. Joining me today is one of our co-hosts here on K-Pod. He's been doing the podcast with me for the past few years. He also lives in Changwon, is a public school teacher here, and has been here for the past almost 10 years. He's originally from the Toronto area in Canada. He went to UFT and came here shortly after. Please welcome back Adam. Adam, how's it going? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. And also back is our other co-host here on K-Pod. He's been a co-host since the past last season. Originally, he's from West Virginia, USA, but he's been living and working in Changwon as a teacher for the past four years. He was also involved with K-Pop Global. If you follow the show, you'll know who he is, of course. He's Marco. Marco, how's it going? Going great. Thanks for having me. And returning for this episode, we have one of the original co-hosts of K-Pod, or the Changwaner podcast back in the day when we first started out. He's originally from the Newcastle area in England. He's been living and working here on and off since around 2004, I think. And he's one of my oldest friends still living in Korea. He's currently is doing design work and runs Hype Design Studio, which you can find the link in the description below. Please welcome back, Paul. Paul, how's it going? Great, thanks for the plug, dude. Good to be back. Thank you. Great. And lastly, returning for this episode of K-Pod, we have the other original host of K-Pod, another longtime friend who is originally from the United States and currently living in China. He's a traveler, a teacher, and author of such books as Finding Jack 420 and the kids' book series, The Lee's Storybooks, which you can find the link below or on Amazon. Some of you know him as ABCD teacher, and of course, we all know him as D. Welcome back, D. Well, I have to say, I am very happy to be here and see all you boys. I haven't seen you guys all together mm-hmm. in a long time. And just want to remind everyone out there listening to this episode before we get into things. That if you enjoyed the podcast, please remember to subscribe wherever you are listening to this. Leave us a review on Apple or anywhere you can. And you can also watch this episode on our YouTube channel at the Changwaner. Links are below. Please also share this podcast if you know someone who would be interested in it or leave us your comments. Send us a message. 
on anything you would like to know about living in Korea, or any ideas or topics you'd like to see us cover here. We'd love hearing from you and would like to help you out in any way we can. So to say nothing is new since we all last saw each other would be like the understatement of the year. There's a, obviously a lot of stuff going on in the world. So uh, let's start off with uh, where everybody was when the coronavirus, you know, started being leaked out or, you know, you started first hearing about it. Let's start off with uh, D, who's in China. What were things like in China? And were you in China when this whole thing started? No, actually, um, we had just let out for the Chinese New Year holiday, and I had just flown to Bangkok, and then I took the train up to Laos, and I met this little fucker over here, Adam. We had uh, a few days in there uh, together. Good to catch up. But um, Sounds yeah, like a blast, uh, though. It was a yeah. lot of fun. <laughs> It was good. It was it was good, um, but it was uh, it was kind of uh, uh, surreal because I was staying when I like when I heard that that this was a problem, a really <clears throat> big problem. I was staying in a place in Lampabong that was run by a Chinese guy um, who was married to a Laotian, and. Um, he wouldn't even let in Chinese uh, travelers and let them stay at the place. He was turning them away, even though they made a booking. So it was, uh, it was kind of a bit, I don't know, dystopian in a sense. So the beginnings of dystopia, in my opinion. When did you get back to China? Uh, I didn't get back until February 29th. Um, we we only had three-week holiday, but when we found out about it, uh, they told us that we didn't have to come back, so we we got an extra three weeks. So just ended up uh, staying uh, Vang Vieng and uh, next to the river, just kind of floating around, floating around. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. so it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. And Adam, I guess you, as Dee just mentioned, you met him. Well, uh, it was right at the tail end of my winter vacation trip. I went to Luang Prabang and then Bang Bien, and then I ended in Bientian, which is where I met up with Dee. And I was sitting there and I had been avoiding news like throughout my whole vacation because I don't want, you know, the news is always a bummer when you're trying to relax. And Dee said to me, oh, have you heard of this coronavirus thing? And I was like, what's that? I had no idea. And then he started to explain to me and I, I thought, Oh, it's going to be like another SARS or something like that. But I didn't realize that it was going to be on such a grand scale until I came back to Korea. And yeah, my, I went to school one day and my vice principal just said, go home and stay home. So I had to stay home for, you know, three or four weeks before I could actually go back in. So when did you come back to Korea? Roughly? I came back, uh, I think, I think it would have been the end of January. Okay, so before yeah. maybe beginning of February or before February. Yeah, I think uh, it it was it was in China at that time, but when I came back to Korea, that's when it started to spread to other countries. You know, when it became a serious problem. Yeah, I think here first. And yeah. Marco, I guess were you in Changwon when everything started? Uh, I was in Changwon when I started hearing about it. It would have been like mid to late January 
I suppose. But I, we talked about it at work, but we never thought much of it. it had no idea it would become what it's become. And Paul, I guess, I think you were back home, maybe? Yeah, yeah, like, it was kind of, the timing was pretty crazy. Like, I left Korea about uh, January 22nd, and I got back to the UK, and then it sort of all kicked off, I think, right? So I was in the UK, and I knew I was coming back within a month. So I told my parents, I said, listen, I'm going to be going back to Korea within a month. And then this, this whole thing blew up, right? And I was watching the news every day. And luckily, my mother and my sister, they don't watch the news, you know. So <laughs> I was watching these things like, you know, the breakout Daegu, like everything going crazy in Korea. And I'm thinking, man, like, am I even going to get back? And then I got offered two jobs. And I was like, oh, like, should I take a job? Should I not go? And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to go. And my dad was like, Are you sure that's a good idea? And I said, you know, it'll be all right. It'll work out. And uh, the funny thing is, is I got on the plane and I flew to Dubai, right? And I got, I got off the airport in Dubai. I hadn't heard anything from the boss. I signed the contract. Everything was good to go. Had the paperwork done, everything. And I got to Dubai airport and I opened my phone and like, you know, connected to Wi-Fi. And there was a message from my boss saying, did you leave England? And I was like, oh man, what's going to happen here? So I called her up and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm in Dubai airport. And she's like, do you want to just fly back to England? And I was like, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, yeah, it's getting pretty crazy over here in Korea, you know, Daegu, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I'm sort of halfway there already, you know, like the plan's done and, you know, it's, it's, it's currently okay to fly. So I'll just come back. All my stuff's there. You know, I've got a life there. I might as well just come back. So I came back. And then obviously the, the boss had said, oh, you've got to start work on the, this was on the 23rd of February. And she said, you've got to start work that week. And then she said, oh, we're going to close for a week, see how things go. And then one week turned to two, turned to three, whatever it was, it was like a month. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy, you know? Yeah, so that's, that's what I was going to get into next. So I guess when you were back home, things got bad in Korea. I think Korea was one of the first places. It wasn't bad in England at that time. No, and, and that's the funny thing, because I wanted to tell my family, like, listen, prepare yourselves, this is coming. So I told my dad, I said, listen, you know, I was out trying to get masks in like the local pharmacies and things before I came over to Korea, but people had already preempted that in the UK, so the masks were gone. And there was stuff coming up on the news saying, oh, maybe people should start buying masks or sort of start preparing and taking precautions, right? Um, but my mother and my sister didn't know anything about it. And my sister's a hospital worker as well, but she hadn't heard anything really about it. I have no idea how. Um, but obviously, as soon as I got back, I got masks. I was masked up, everything. And then I said to them, listen, this is coming. You should get masks and get sorted out. But uh, I believe the UK, there wasn't a big drive to do that, you know? Anyway, so you, you would have got back to Korea, what was it, mid-February? Yeah, uh, February 23rd, exactly a month after I left. And I think it was around that time for all of us in Korea anyway. I'll get to D in a second, how it was in China. But I guess it was around, I believe it was around, you know, February 20th or 23rd around there that uh, where I worked actually closed down. So was there uh, Marco and Adam was... When did you find out exactly? Like, did your schools close down? Did you continue working? 
I know public school was closed down, so Adam. Yeah, we were we were in between semesters, but uh, then I found out that the beginning of the semester would be delayed and delayed and delayed. And I actually, to be honest, I haven't started regular classes until this previous Monday. So like June 8th, like last Monday was my first day of regular classes. Yeah, public schools just started a week or two ago. We'll get into right. that a little later. And Marco, were you working up to the point when things uh, hit the fan, I guess? Uh, yeah, actually. So we uh, we had one week left of school before we started the new year so like the new year was supposed to start at the very beginning of march we so we were working up until the last week of february and i was actually checking up final books and things when uh, the first case in changwon happened and it was at the hospital in sangnam dong and my school's in sangnam dong so we were messaging and the first time there i was like someone from another school said they're closing are we going to close they're like no that's not true but then the very next day, uh, I got the message, like, can you talk to the, well, I'm the head teacher at my school. So they're like, can you talk to the other teachers that we're not, you're not going to come in this week. But we were going in some during that time to, uh, we were calling the students to kind of reassure them that everything was going to be okay. Uh, especially like our students from kindergarten. The students? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, my students are really high level. Like at my private school, they have to be fairly high level to get in. Um, and I, yeah, all of my students could understand. I don't know about maybe some of the younger students because I teach the seven-year-olds, Korean seven. Um, but the ones who teach like the five and six-year-olds, I don't know how it was for them. But for me, my students understood pretty well. Anyway, and uh, D over in China, you said you were on winter break when things kind of started breaking out and you got extra time. So you had a job at the time? Yeah, yeah. I, I signed a, a contract. Uh, school year here goes from September to June. Uh, uh, but now we're going to push it into July for two weeks just because of the virus. But usually finish June 30th. So were you you were told to take some extra time during your holidays. What, you said three weeks, was it? Yeah, it was supposed to be three weeks for the normal holiday, but we were we were told just just don't come back to Shanghai um, at the moment because of of how bad it is, and the, the the administration didn't want to put us in any jeopardy, especially when no nobody knew what was going on at the time. It was just all. It's weird right. that you said don't come back, though. I mean, it's one thing not to come back to the country, and it's another thing to not come back to work. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, just just stay out as long as you can. See if it if it uh, sorts itself out, which of course didn't. And then um, on upon arriving here, we had to go into a two week quarantine, and we're talking. We're talking communism quarantine. We're, I couldn't even step out of my apartment door where I'd have security come chase me back in. So the first week I wasn't so prepared. So I was a bit hungry the first week. I was going to say, how did you eat? <laughs> yeah. Second, uh, yeah. Tell me about it. I had to wait, wait on other people to deliver stuff. And delivery drivers would uh, be stopped at the front door and we were able to call the, the school organized somebody at this building because there's about 25 teachers that live here 
uh, organize a, like a liaison guy to go around and take care of the other teachers. But this, so the second week, that was a little bit better. But I live right next to a fucking shooting range and where they shoot clay pigeon shotguns. Uh, or, <laughs> so every single fucking day was bang, 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 bang. And I thought it was bad on Saturdays, but just being here, every, I just about lost my mind. Do you know anybody who got uh, infected, D? No, I have no, there's nobody I know that got infected. Like okay. either, the, either they dragged them away and shot them or that's hyperbole or, uh, <laughs> or, or they um, just locked them up and to a point where they couldn't get out or, or something in, in infected areas. But there was literally nobody that I knew of heard of or had any anybody else I knew or heard of anybody in Shanghai that, that had it or got it. And I think Shanghai's numbers were only like 500, 600, something like that. I, I, nobody really knows here what the numbers yeah. are. Yeah, because the, the, there was clearly so, some sort of fudging of the numbers by the, the Chinese government. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, like, especially when, you know, like the, the infection rate was so high and then all of a sudden it was like, gone you know yeah and then they started then they started added them a little bit here and there like yeah yeah check yeah. it and all of a sudden it was the death rate went up 1400 and i was like well that's kind of scary in one day and then then i read that they're they were pat they were padding the numbers a little bit or adding to the numbers to that they didn't add to before so yeah nobody really knows what's going on didn't didn't the number of infections like after the Japanese realized that they were never going to start the Olympics? Didn't the sort of the statistics go through the roof for you know the infection rate in Japan as soon as they realized that they wouldn't be allowed to host the Olympics? That I heard something about that. That sure. is, I have like a number of friends uh, that's, that live there still, and and when I lived there last year, that makes sense because it's almost like they want to cover it up, cover it up, keep the Olympics coming, keep the Olympics coming. Boom. The dam popped a few holes. They can't contain it anymore. So yeah, let's just cancel the Olympics and then deal with the infection. I think you can assume that, you can assume that about everywhere though. Nowhere. Yeah. It all depends on testing. I mean, look at India with the amount of people there. There's no way they're testing, uh, you know, a lot of people there, especially in poor areas and stuff. So, well, when, when I was in Laos, um, there were people in in uh, Vang Vieng that knew people that had it, and that was all just covered up, hush hush. And if you look at the numbers of Laos right now, you'll see that it's one of the lowest infected countries in the world. And I think they did that. Just my assumption just because it would kill the tourist industry. So they didn't, wanna, they didn't want that to be affected. So we all had about a month off there. I, w I know I was off for about a month, I think, from around February 23rd to March 23rd, give or take a few days. So, Adam, what were you doing during your time off, and what were you thinking at the time? Well, as I mentioned earlier, my vice principal just poked his head into my office when uh, start, shit started to get really bad and he just said, go home and stay home. So I just went home and I played video games and watched movies and uh, I tried to get in like a 30, 45 minute walk each day just to get, you know, cause the gyms were all closed and uh, most places were closed at the time. Okay. Um, 
so yeah just yeah just try to stay in and stay safe i guess and marco what did you do during your time off well as i said i was still going in every a couple days every week to call the kids and like try to prepare we actually did some zoom training and stuff uh so they were on my own they were continuing to pay you then yeah somewhat yeah okay yeah I was yeah, say, they, you yeah, weren't, I, weren't getting paid, and they had you coming in. No, it was nothing like that. No, my I work for a great school. Um, on my own time, I actually started uh, taking online classes. Uh, one of my friends from back home had posted, "Oh, these are all these free cl- online classes from Harvard," and I was like, "Let's just take a look." And then I saw some that seemed interesting, so then I started just taking some classes even some that I paid for because I just really enjoyed it so much and then to get outside at, at night when there weren't as many people I'd like go play Pokemon Go or the Harry Potter Wizards Unite games or something later on at night when there weren't as many people out just to get to walk or something all right and D you said you were traveling and when did you eventually get back to China or when did you decide to go back uh came back the end of february and after you got back how long was it before uh like how much more time did you have before you went uh, before going back to school yeah oh shit we we didn't go back to school we went back to school last last month about a month ago we were march 25th i believe so we did half days of school for about two and a half months, almost 10, 10, 11 weeks of schooling, um, which was great. Um, all I had to do was prepare online videos or videos just to, for the kids to watch every day. They covered a PowerPoint or something related to what we were talking about, the topic, and um, prepared the packets for them to do. And then it was chaos, but we met we use a, a an app called WeChat here, and uh, we would meet for a group chat. Now, I had two classes that they merged together, so it was about 50 kids in one chat group. Uh, and I would ask a question um, like, give me an example of hyperbole, and then I wouldn't even get a chance to read it because they would drop as many messages as you can think of. Um, yeah, that sounds hectic. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, 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 I, I prefer to the alternative. Um, everybody was really gutted when we had to go back to online or uh, campus, uh, go back to campus. But um, no, it, it's good. I'm glad to be back uh, at school. We just have a few more weeks before we're out now. So. And Paul, you just got back here kind of when they decided to shut things down. So uh, what were you doing at that time? I guess yeah, like, settling into a new place. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, like, I've just got a little place, nothing to it, so I was sort of sorting this place out, a little bit of DIY, making the place feel like a home. Uh, I'd just been at home with my parents doing a load of DIY, and I was working on the design portfolio that you mentioned before for Hype Design. Uh, so I got to finish that off. That was great. And uh, a lady friend of mine, she just moved house over to Gine, Over Well, she was already in Gine, but she moved. And uh, I helped her sort her place out. So, like, basically, I just spent the whole time doing DIY and design, which is sort of like, for me, it's like dream job, you know what I mean? I loved every minute of it, right? 
And did anybody like kind of get panicky or anything in the beginning? Like, uh, I remember I was getting emails saying that they were gonna close down travel. There was no more flights from you know between Korea and Canada, and they were asking for all Canadians to come home. Did anybody uh, get a little panicky in the beginning or anything like uh that? Uh, for me, my girlfriend was actually back home visiting and she flew back from Vancouver to Taiwan and then Taiwan to Incheon, I believe. And the day that she got to Taiwan, she flew back to Incheon and the next day, Taiwan had stopped all incoming flights. So like she just made it in like just under the wire. And it, if it had been one day later, she wouldn't be here now. So, but did anybody consider like going home? I didn't. No. No. Paul, no. Paul, you just got here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been pointless, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right. And before we get into how things have changed here since the Corona outbreak, once again, if you're listening to this podcast, you can also watch this episode on our YouTube channel and don't forget to subscribe, hit that like button and share. So things have obviously changed here since the outbreak. Uh, how did you guys feel when you ended up going back to work? Like, uh, were you a little more on edge where things obviously, you know, there was the whole cautious stuff and how many kids came back to school and all that. So, uh, Marco, when you ended up going back, when did you go back to work? Was it like uh, so, March? Oh, I know you were yeah. going like, to make phone calls and stuff, but when, when did the kids start coming back in? Uh, so our official first day back with kids in class was March 23rd. Amen. So we were, yeah. So we had, uh, we had missed the first three weeks of the semester. So we had to condense our curriculum. Uh, we worked it out with the parents so they understood what was going on. And yeah, uh, students were fairly sparse early on. Uh, so I know I was taking different classes of the same age, put to, who use the same books put together and uh, things like that were happening. But I myself, like my feelings, I was fairly optimistic. I was glad to be back to work because I didn't, don't enjoy like doing nothing. I don't like, I was having fun taking my classes, but at the same time, I'm very extroverted. I wanted to be around people, even if they're tiny people who don't know that much about life. Uh, so hey, stop talking I about was, me. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was really happy to be back. D, what was it like when you went back to school? Oh well, everybody just got into this routine. Uh, since we were online for like ten weeks, everybody got into the routine of like waking up at nine or ten o'clock, having a nice breakfast, checking a few emails, going on a nice walk maybe meeting another couple other teachers for a coffee in the afternoon, then having to go and do the online class that we needed to do, and then getting back out and doing the same thing. So going back, everybody um, was a, seemed a bit inconvenienced, but now, now it's all right. Um, 
everybody's just looking forward in my school. And I work at a very large school. We have, we have 70 foreign teachers here. So it's uh, a lot of the teachers are upset that we can't leave China at all. Um, we just got approval to be able to leave Shanghai. Uh, and everybody's got to work an extra two weeks in the summertime, which cuts our summer break short. So everybody's feeling the, everybody's feeling a bit claustrophobic right now. I should to say the least, yeah. myself included. And Paul, you kind of were just getting back into teaching, actually. So this is kind of the, it's been a while since you were, have been teaching. Yeah. What's it like going back to where you started? I mean, you're starting a new job, so it must have been a bit strange in general going back to Yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was pretty strange. You know, like I obviously hadn't met teachers, hadn't met students, I hadn't even been into the school really. And the, I believe the Saturday prior to the Monday that we opened, she said, I'll come in, we'll have a little bit of a meeting. And, you know, like, obviously it's, it's Korean style. She's just like, oh, this is the school. And I said, well, what am I doing? And she said, well, you know, whatever, we'll sort it out on Monday. And then the, the thing that stuck out for me with starting a new job at a school with kids that are wearing masks and teachers that are wearing masks is I'd never seen their faces, right? And still to this day, sometimes some of the kids will take their masks off and they look completely different to what I would have expected them to look like. <laughs> and I've never seen their faces, yeah. right? It's, it's so weird, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah like yeah. they'll have it, buck it, teeth or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> yeah, but it's just sort of like it really, I don't know. Was, I don't know how to sometimes put that into words. It was really, really strange, you know, Marco, right? Like, just like, yeah, I'd never met these people and I'd met them with masks on. So, and I'd, mm. I'd, 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 you know, who experiences that in their lives? You know, like you've never even seen this person and you teach them every day or like every couple of days for like a month or two and you don't actually know what their face looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a little, yeah, just yeah. little girl so with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just, just, this past, uh, just this past Friday for me, I was teaching, I started teaching a fifth grade class, which last year I taught, they were in grade four. And there's one, there's one girl who's like really cool and like really outspoken, but she said something and I was like, Yewon, is that you? She's like, yes, it's me. <laughs> I couldn't tell because the mask is like up to her eyes, you know? Mm. So I yeah, right. you just went back to work with classes, what, a week ago? Yeah, but I was desk warming for, yeah, <laughs> for months and that got really boring. But um, uh, you got students back and you're back in the classroom. So yeah, I'm back, back working now first week. The first week, um, our schedule was pretty tight. Like they stopped the 10 minute breaks between classes. I think it's to avoid students, you know, mingling in the hallways and stuff like that. So like I'll finish one class. Whereas I used to have 10 minute break to get to my next class. I had like rushed to the next classroom, set up all my PowerPoints and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little hectic at first you know, I'm, I'm starting to get used to it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I'm glad that I'm like the days, the week days and weeks are going by a lot faster now that I'm actually working at work. One thing okay. I've noticed things are letting up a bit, but we'll get into that. But mask, mm. mask, uh, wearing masks, you know, at the beginning, I didn't mind that much, but it's getting a lot hotter out there and it's tougher. Can heat. you guys use air conditioning at your schools? Yeah, we we can. Yeah. How about you, Adam, at public use? Yeah, we can use it, yeah. 
Okay. It's pretty cool. A lot of places can't, I guess, right? We were not, we, we, for a little while there, they were saying that we couldn't use air conditioning in a classroom, which oh, all of us were dreading, but now, now it's okay. Shanghai is really hot in the summertime, though. It's so hot right now. You should have pulled them out. Why were they saying that? Just out of curiosity, like, would that give you a reason why you couldn't use the air conditioners? They thought it would circulate the air more, which could leave uh, people prone to, which is, yeah, I mean, like, regulations in the classroom where we have to, like, the kids have to sit, you know, social distancing in the classroom. But then when the bell rings, all they're just hanging all over each other anyway. So it does, it's, it's pointless, but they still have to. I was just going to mention, it's actually uh, the recommendation for schools in Korea right now are not to use air conditioners. So some really? schools are not allowing it. You can't have a, either the windows closed or fans going on and stuff like that. Mm. It's because, yeah, but like, because of the circulation of the air, I guess, but. It's it's like nobody's checking or anything like that anyway, so it's really up to the school. Oh, so it's recommended but not enforced, you're saying. Right. Just like every yeah. every day you get a no notification recommending that you don't go out, but people are. You yeah. Know. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of the school's aircons are centralized, aren't they? It's all like, like connected, you know? Is that right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. public schools, yeah. So that makes sense, right? Like, you know, like keep the windows open, keep the aircon off. And, but the fans in the classrooms, I don't really understand that. No fans? Fans were okay. It's the air conditioning. It's like kind of like closing. Uh, I don't know the exact details because it's all in Korean, but. Is it any of you guys here? Like, I don't know if Adam or Margo, sorry, Adam actually is public school, right? Um, the cafeteria has got the booth sort of like yeah. screens. Is, yeah. Does yours have that? Yeah, we have these plastic dividers that's they're mm -hmm. like on either side and in front of you as well. And uh, when I first started eating in the cafeteria, yeah, you can see through them. Okay. You can't really have a conversation with anyone because you yeah. kind of got to like shout. But um, at first, when we started eating in the cafeteria, we had to sit like one person and empty desk or not, not empty desk, but empty space and then another person, empty space. But now we can all sit together, but we still have these plastic dividers, you know, to, I guess, prevent the droplets being uh, potentially, you know, sneezed out. We're using test folders at our school. Okay. Because they eat in the classrooms, so. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question. Uh, sorry, Scott. Um, are there any conspiracy theories going around Korea about the virus? Because there's a lot of them in China right now. There's always going to be. The, no matter where you go, there's going to be conspiracy theory, right? You know. Like. Yeah. The, well, the conspiracy theory. Um, we're not supposed to talk about really anything in China when we're in the classroom. Really, we're not supposed to talk about a lot of things. We're we're strictly prohibited in China. But um, I brought something up. Like I was doing a, a class, and I have to go to public school two days or one day a week right now. Um, this part of the government mandated through my, through my bilingual school and brought up the, just for example, <clears throat> let me give you a sentence. Uh, the coronavirus uh, originated, uh, we're learning the word originated, originated in Wuhan. The whole class went, no. So what do no, you mean? The whole, the whole class said, America. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. Wow. The, Wuhan, wow. the virus originated in America. Do they call it the Wuhan virus there? No, 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 no. no. 
coronavirus. Of the Wu Tang virus, eh? The Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah. Old dirty bastard, Inspector. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, fact, uh, in fact, probably uh, you won't see again after this podcast once it airs. So, well, I hope you don't get like you know taken away or anything at this point. <laughs> I, I don't know been about- reading about that though. Like I've read a lot of articles saying that that's what they're saying in. China that it came from America to sort of subvert oh. China, but then mm. in America, like I have a crazy ass uncle who <laughs> who thinks that uh, China and the Democrats worked together to create it to subvert Trump. So there are conspiracy theories. I've everywhere. heard that. I've heard that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've been. Yeah, heard- I think. I, go on. I was gonna say I haven't. I haven't heard any conspiracy theories at all in Korea, like relating to Korea. I mean, watching news and stuff, you know, from back home and stuff, sure. But I don't think there's much conspiracy going on within the country itself. But then again, what would no. people could be? Unless you're talking about the Itaewon. But they had to do that because, uh, you know, parents, all I think all schools that I know of, which is not a lot, but... All schools that I know of, parents were calling and asking about the foreigners. I kind of understand that. My boss did the same thing. <clears throat> she came and she was right uncomfortable and she said, I've got to ask. The parents have been asking. And I said, no, I haven't been there. But then she sort of went a little bit further and she posted this sort of celebratory advertisement on Kakao Talk to all the parents saying, don't worry, our foreign teacher hasn't been to Ida one. We're all safe, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking, well, like, I get it. I get that, you know, I understand it. But at the same time, she did the same thing when I first came to Korea because I'd been traveling and she posted a poster saying, don't worry, the foreign teacher doesn't have coronavirus. He's just been for a test. Um, So all of your students, all of your kids, sorry, are safe at the school. And I thought, well, you know, that I understand it, but she's got to mention the other, the teachers at some point, you know, and say like, we've all, we're all clean sort of thing. Did you have to be tested? No, what happened was I had to go for a health check and I went to Fatima. And when I arrived in Fatima, they said, oh, have you had a coronavirus check? And I said, no. So they said, oh, you've got to go and get one. I said, all right. So they basically put me through the whole coronavirus check thing outside in these like container unit purpose-built sort of uh, temporary structure they things. Thing Did you get nose. the nose thing? Yeah, the nose thing and everything. Oh. It was pretty, yeah, it was weird. But like, it was they fine, you know. It was, they you know, must have needed a big blood taken too. So you get me? Yeah, yeah, right. No, did you have to get? Oh, who? Sorry, blood. Sorry, uh, D. Yeah, did you have to get blood taken too? No, but they did have a unit for that. That's it was like step one, step two, step three, and I got a blood taken unit, and they were like, "No, you just skip along to the next one." There, and I was like, "Well, all right." So I did the thing, and then they said, "Okay," and I was thinking I was going to get the medical check right after. Obviously, I wasn't. It was naive. Uh, and they said, I'll oh, just come back tomorrow. So I said, all right. So I came back the next day and the, the boss had said, uh, oh, how much did it cost? And I said, oh, like they didn't charge me anything. And I went back the next day. And as soon as I picked up the results, they were like, okay, that's 130,000 won. And I said, oh, oh shit. okay. Yeah. And it turns out that I could have got it for much less at the local sort of like, I don't know, like the local, what do they call it again? The local hospital sort of thing. Not like one of these bigger private sort of semi-private hospitals, but. Anyway, I got it and I was fine. And then I went and got my med- medical check. And yeah. Anybody but, uh, else they didn't get tested? 
I, I got I had to get all of it done. In fact, when we showed up at the testing site, we all heard that we had to get blood taken. Holy shit! Did the foreigners kick up a fuss? <clears throat> they did not want to have. <laughs> they did not want to have the Chinese government uh, taking their blood. Um, but then, then they even kind of threatened us, saying, "If you if you don't get your blood taken, you can't work with kids anymore." And a lot of them were like, "Well, guess I won't be working here anymore." Um, but there was just an empty threat and, and we're back to work again with no problem. And some of the people that did get their blood taken when they got back and heard that, they're like, well, that was kind of dumb. I should have done that too. Well, I had my annual physical cause I just renewed recently. Um, and they didn't test me for coronavirus per se. Like they didn't stick the thing in my nose, but they did ask me if I had any symptoms and I just said no. And they asked me if I had traveled outside of the country recently or into Taiwan and I was like, no. One of my uh, co-workers, she got, well, you know, she had just come in February and you always get that like month in illness where you're first getting used to it. Yep. She went to the hospital and they wouldn't let her in because she was a foreigner and they thought she might have the virus. Actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marco, I had the same situation because I went for my health check in Jinhei at the big hospital here, which is like Yonsei, Byung-Ron or whatever. And they looked at my ID card. They looked like like sort of frightened rabbits in the headlights sort of thing. And they, they looked at the ID card and they said, you've got to go to Chan Wan. And I was like, all right. But like my visa is like F. So I was like, well, like why? And they just said, you've got to go to Chan Wan. And they sent me to Chan Wan. And so my boss called the education office. And the education office said, that's not true. And they called the hospital. And the hospital just said, sorry. Yeah. And that was it. Mm. There was no reason. You know? Huh. So... How to go to Chang'an, you know? What are you going to do? Speaking of, like, you know, testing on all that, what about experience with, cor like, quarantine? So I don't think anybody here had to deal with it, but, like, do you know anybody who's come back? Paul just missed it, I think, when you came. Yeah, yeah thank God for that. Yeah. But, uh, any experience or no people that had... Uh, my, my girlfriend, when she came back from visiting her, her uh, mother, she thought that she had a fever one day and she checked herself with one of the fever checkers. What is the name? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it was slightly a little high. So she called her boss because she's been actually like, she was actually very paranoid about this. She's all right now, but she was a little, a little freaked out about it at first. And so, uh, you know, she took good measures and she called her boss and then she said two guys with a hazmat hazmat suits showed up at her apartment, gave her the <laughs> test and uh, she wasn't able to leave her apartment for, I guess, I think it was two weeks. So she was, they, in, she was in quarantine. Though, yeah. They, they checked her temperature with their fever checker though. And she was fine. So I think she just had a faulty machine. You know, it was, Maybe it was, giving it was her the, uh, I like that you're calling it a fever checker. The fever checker, yeah. <laughs> the fever remote. <laughs> probably, uh, uh, I have a question. If you guys go out in public, how many times a day, if you go and spend like three or four hours outside, how many times a day would you think you get your temperature taken? Zero. I only get it at work. Zero? Uh, I have never had my temperature taken anywhere except for work. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, no. Actually, I went to a movie uh, last week, 
they re-released Mad Max Fury Road and they had like a body temperature machine uh. that I had to stand in front of and they wouldn't let me go up the escalator to the theater un- until like it read my temperature. When, so. when we were allowed out in public, I clocked myself getting my temperature taken 16 times in one day. Wow. 16? 16 wow. times. I had to get it. Wow. I, I, I left my apartment two or three times to go to the... Um, the I live right above a supermarket in a, in a building, so there's a mall underneath my apartment. Like, literally, I could take the elevator down to the mall and then down to the uh, supermarket. And when I left the building... And I went to the supermarket, had to get a check there, came back, had to get a check inside the building when I walk into my building. Then I forgot something, had to go back, same thing, checked. And then when I came back, checked again. Then I went out to get a coffee, had to get it checked, went a couple other places and got it checked. And it, it just everywhere. Every single business had that going on for probably two or three months. I suppose why not though? Yeah, it's fine. You know? They're just checking your temperature. I think it's better to be cautious than not at all. Do you have to wear, I was going to ask D, uh, do you, do you have to wear a mask on public transit there? Yeah. Cause we have, so we have to wear it here. Public transit or can't get on. Yeah. Um, same here. So things, things here in Korea relatively stayed open the whole time, except for again, schools, which involved us. But what do you think the difference is like, in Korea, maybe in China too. Like I remember when when everything was closed for a month, and you know it hadn't affected, let's say, North America yet. And I was thinking, man, that you know, like it's almost up to eight thousand cases here, and it's pretty bad. But then, like I think I'm just thinking, like Canada back home. I mean, it's almost double the population here, but it's like taking everybody and putting them where my parents live in Newfoundland in terms of, you know, the land size. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Canada, they're doing, you know, they're doing okay and things aren't that bad there, but they've passed China. So, like, yeah. what's the difference? Like, North America, I'm not going to talk about the U.S. much. I mean, that's a, you know, a different thing. It's a different podcast. It's a whole other ball game. But you, yeah. you, know, you can, but like, what do you think they're doing here that in some ways is right? Like things aren't as bad in terms of uh, the rest of the world now. Is it mask? Is it testing? Is it, the, uh, you know, their ability to track people and stuff like that compared to... I think tracking has a lot to do with it. Um, after the whole Daegu thing and after the Itaewon incident, uh, they were, you know, Again, this is a matter of you know invas- invading people's privacy, but they were able to check where people had gone based on the pings on their cell phone, you know, the cell phone tower kind of thing, where they had gone, who they had interacted with. I think that's a yeah. big part of it, and masks as well. That's yeah, just my testing. Testing yeah. is also a big part. Testing of it. too, yeah, definitely. And actually, people people abiding by the rules. I think is a big thing too. You know, it's like okay, you know, you can go outside, but you've got to do this, this, and this, and people sort of follow what they're right. supposed to be doing, you mm-hmm. know? I think it like, helps in Korea that people already wear masks, like whenever they feel ill or even the air pollution is too high. So like in America, people didn't do that. So they feel more uncomfortable wearing a mask all the time than they would here in Korea. I also yeah. think too that, that over in Asia, there's more of a group collectivism here where people are more conscientious about taking care of the group as opposed to, Back in the States, we're a bit 
more individualistic and think more for ourselves. So I think that might have things to do with other countries in the world too. Yeah. So do you, do you think mask made a difference? Yeah, I think so. Um, definitely here. Um, China's a bit different though, because almost every single apartment complex, city, gated community, they all have sort of like um, back in the old days when you ride in horse from one town to another, you, you have to check in with the guard station. So every place here has a guard station. They're really well enforced. They're pretty well trained as well. As, as, as almost like a police unit. And um, they work, at, like you said, somebody said about following the rules, Paul, I think that was you. Um, yeah. people, people here in China are, are not really big rule breakers because they fear about the, the consequences, so. Yeah, and before we get into some travel and our thoughts on the future here and where this is all going, just remember, if you're listening out there, please hit that like button and subscribe if you haven't already, wherever you found this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch this episode on our YouTube channel. So, you know, we talked about some of the changes and things that have happened here now. So in terms of where we think this is all going and our stuff like that, like uh, public schools just reopened, so Adam just went back to classwork, let's say, in the last week. And, uh, you know, there's kind of different systems here. I know I've had students that some kids started two weeks ago, some started a week ago based on age. Some kids go to school for two days a week, some go for five days a week. What do you think about the whole system that they're trying? And also... They did try online classes here for the last month, but I didn't don't think they worked out that well. So what are, what are your thoughts on like the whole online class testing and how things have been to your first week back, starting with Adam, obviously? Um, it's good to be back teaching. Uh, it's half of the students one week, half of the, the students the next week. So, you know, of a class of, let's say, 25, um, it'll be... 12 or 13 of them doing online classes from home one week. And during that week, you know, half of their peers will be in school and then they switch it up for the next week. And I'll have to make recordings for the, for the students at home. I don't like doing the online classes, to be honest. I feel them to be a little too impersonal. I like to be in front of my students. I like to talk to them. I like to get feedback from them. I feel with these recordings, it seems like uh, it's, it doesn't have that, that special touch of like teaching in class. So those are my opinions of it. Um, but yeah, we had them trickling in the, the, you know, the youngest ages first. And then this past Monday we had all of them at school together. So. And D, what are things like over in China in terms of uh, being back in the classroom? Um, we just got the notification maybe two weeks ago. We don't have to wear masks anymore in the classroom. It's pretty much back to normal. The, the only thing is, is that we have to rush a whole bunch of information. We have to put in like we, we um, had to have to, we have to do standardized testing two times a semester. And we have to do that. Usually it's stretched out over 20 weeks, but we have to do it now stretched into five weeks. 
um, as well as midterm. As soon as we got back, we had to take a midterm. And then at a few weeks later, we got to take the final exam as well. So it's all right, it's, aside from the fact that everything's just pushed. And it seems like the kids lost a lot of, of abilities, um, English fluency and stuff like that when they were um, – when they were tied up uh, on, in quarantine. Other than that, it's, it's, yeah, like I said, pretty much back to normal. All right, and Marco and Paul and myself, I think we've all been back to work for, it's probably been about two months now, right? In classwork, I'm talking about. And yeah. I guess, other than maybe Marco did some online stuff, but uh, how have you found things over the past two months, like being back in class? Are things different, say, two months ago compared to now? Like, are there more kids? More kids are back, obviously, and are things... Yeah, I've got a lot of full classes now. Yeah. Yeah, and I just... I'm glad public public schools are opening back up because I'm tired, and when these elementary kids are coming in after being home all day full of energy... (laughs) <laughs> it's way different than it was before when they were coming in after school and they're tuckered out. I need them to be tuckered out. Go back to school. Yeah. See, it's it's funny you should say that, though, because, like, obviously I haven't got anything to base it off, but, like, just knowing kids, like, in general, before the public schools went back, I found that the kids that were coming into classes, they had less energy because they'd, they'd come from home and they were kicking back and doing whatever. And then they had to come to the academy and they were like, oh man, like, what is this? Like, what have I got to do this for? But almost like because they've gone back to school, when they're finishing school, their day's almost over and they're coming to the academy and it's like, oh, TikTok, like, we're about to go home. Like, this is like, this is fun now, you know? Like, mm. so I, I kind of find it to be a little bit like with some kids, the opposite, like, they're more switched on and they're a little bit more like upbeat, like, not like going crazy or anything, but they're like, they're happier about going home and they're not like going crazy or anything, you know? I I don't know. I found the same thing. Like when we first came back and kids were coming back, the kids that I had, I mean, not all of them came back at that time, but especially the young ones, they just came in and they all sat in their desks, spread, you know, spread out desk in between and stuff, but they just sat there silent wearing these masks. Nobody was playing or, you know anything like that and now it's a little more you know especially the older kids like the kids in middle school or high school they're happy to be around their friends up until the last couple weeks because they didn't see them at all but uh anyway yeah i find that uh you know a lot more kids are back now i have more classes than ever and i also think you know when when public schools were closed it got to a point and I think this is going to happen with all business and industries, but like parents just wanted to get their kids out of the house, kind of thing. At a certain point, and it's just, right, I've got I've got two hour break here at night. Just yeah, yeah. If the if the hogwan opens, we'll send our kid type thing, and uh, weren't too worried about it. I mean, I couldn't imagine certain points in my life i couldn't imagine if like this happened in the 80s or whatever when i was a kid or like being stuck at home with my entire family uh, you know it would be nice for a while or certain points but not every day and also 
Like, I, I couldn't imagine if this happened in, like, 2001 or 2002, my first job here, it would have been shit. Like, D was talking about the, you know, people shooting the guns next door and driving him off. My first mm-hmm. year here, I lived, you know, next to, like, a, a dog farm where they, uh, you know, I remember that. killed dogs. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'd, I'd have to oh listen god. to them every morning. Like, Oh, know, my god. That was in uh, Sorapdong, right? Yeah, or near there, Sogedong, yeah. but yeah. Sogedong, right, right, right. But uh, I lived near a mountain, and they had a, you know, a hidden dog farm or something up there, but, you know, listening to that, I didn't have a, sh- you know, I didn't have a bathroom. Oh, well, I had a bathroom, but not a, no hot water or anything like that, and it would have just been awful, so in some ways, I'm kind of Sounds happy. like a nightmare place, man. Yeah, Jesus. but it was my first year here. I was, I was out Let's call that Korea. All had the same was, in Hapsongdong, kind of. Similar. That that was the place that, that, that you the lived at where you lived in the school. Yeah, what, when you were on the top floor. My bedroom. <laughs> uh, and the kids used to go to school, right? They'd go to school and Scott would be sleeping because he wasn't due to teach for whatever time and they'd come up and knock on his door. Am I right? Yeah, I would just get out of bed and walk into the classroom and... But I didn't. Oh, I didn't man. have a washing machine. I didn't have hot water. I didn't have a lot of. But uh, so it's better it happened now because, you know, being here so long, home is what you make it to be. And I yeah. think for a lot of people, when they learn this, wherever you're living, if you have a home and you make it your home, it's a lot easier to last if you're if you're away from wherever you're from. Do you know I mean it's it's nice to come home to a home that you want to be in after work mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm just glad it happened now, and not any time in my past type thing. I'm not glad it happened. Sorry, but I'm glad it happened <laughs> at this point, at this juncture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez, I mean, for D Day, like D, you were saying you're over in like Lao, right? Like, I mean, like every cloud has a silver lining, sort of thing. I guess. You know, like yeah. there could have been worse places of sort of having to hunker down than Lao, right? Awesome oh, place, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it's awesome brilliant. country to travel to. That was I had yeah. such a great time there. Bang Biang is my new my new go to next time I get any time off that I can travel anywhere. Me, me and the boys were in uh, Van Vien doing the old uh, quad biking, you know, the ATV, and yeah, uh, years ago, and it was nuts. Like this this French guy was doing the tours, and he took us out. He was on like a motorcycle. And we'd never ridden them. And he said, oh, just lean into it, do this, this, and this, and ripped through the jungles. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to die. Like, and, uh, but it was a fantastic place. The mountains are amazing, right? Like the, I got a the flat views, tire yeah. on one of those back roads and my oh. bike. I got oh, a flat man. tire on one of those roads, and I, I thought I was going to be pushing forever, but I found a place just to fix it. Yeah, just like that, right? Yeah, just like Wonderful that. place. It's wonderful. It's low. Speaking of travel and all that, I mean, there's all kinds of travel restrictions and stuff now. Like, I think you still can't fly to Canada from here or vice versa. I mean, you can, but not directly type thing. There's no flights, like, uh, directly to Canada. And I saw recently, I think it was June 1st, I think Paul sent me this too, but I also saw it, that uh, now... If you do any travel, you have to get tested 
within 48 hours before coming back into the country? Yeah, you have to get a re-entry yeah. permit first, and then wherever you travel to 48 hours before you leave that country to come back to Korea, you have to have a written doctor's note from some kind of clinic in that country that has to be in either Korean or English that says that you and have no symptoms. it has to include COVID um, testing. Right. You have to get a COVID yeah. test. And, I mean, travel as hard as it is, I mean... You know, I think I was planning on going home in June originally before all this happened. Mm. But depending on the country, like Canada is pretty strict, which maybe is good. But do you mean I can't I can't fly home and have to quarantine for two weeks as soon as I get off the plane? Yeah. And then I could go to my parents and I could like wave to them in the window, say hi. But I shouldn't be going in there to, you know, stay or see them because of their age and stuff like that and, you know, mm-hmm. health conditions. And then I'd have to fly back and spend another two weeks in quarantine here. So you're talking about like a month of quarantine. Yeah, they're, they're making it very difficult. No, you know, and it's so hard to get time off as it is. I mean, if you get a week off, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Question is, is this going to be the future? Or is this just a temporary situation? I was hoping that these travel restrictions would have been like kind of relaxed by the time Chuseok rolled around, you know, Korean uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. But um, instead, like I was, you know, I love to go to Japan like at least once a year. And uh, I had to cancel those plans. And instead I'm going to Mokpo, which is the southwest uh, coast. It must be cool though. Yeah, really quite cool. nice. I've, ne- I've yeah. never been. Yeah, they've got big, another big, island that's big, called yeah. Big Gildo or something, right? Mokpo Big Gildo or something. Big Gildo. Like right? oh, yeah, okay. it's actually called Big Gildo, which is Big Gildo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have to um, check that but, out. Yeah, they're supposed to be quite nice, though. You know. Mm. So. So with all these like travel restrictions, do you think how's it going to affect, like, say, teachers in Korea? Do you think? it'll affect people wanting to come here because of quarantining or whatever. Do you think there's like a higher demand for teachers because it's obviously harder to find teachers now? I think it's like a bit of a mixed bag there because I've noticed like a lot of recruiters, cause I was using recruiters when I came back again. So I got in touch with these recruiters and give references there. So yeah, but um, resume, etc. cetera. Um, but I think like, a lot of small academies are closing down, right? Or they're definitely going for, instead of going from like having like an English as a first language instructor, they're using other people like Southeast Asians, et cetera, like trying to cut costs and stuff, but having a foreigner in, in, in the school. Um, so maybe the demand for the teachers has definitely gone down, I would say. But because a lot of the foreign teachers, like certain people have said, you know what, I want to go home. This is too risky then a lot of jobs have sort of opened up, which kind of probably makes it like, I don't know, evens it out somewhat in terms of like job opportunity or whatever, you know? Um, but it's hard, to find. it's hard to find teachers, see what I mean? Like, is a school willing to say, all right, we'll get somebody new, but there's, I think there's less people possibly willing to come here. Maybe not, depending yeah. on where you're from. I think it depends also on how this is going to affect the world economy. So you might have like a lot of people graduating and then being like the economy's in the toilet 
maybe I could go out to Korea and make some money to pay off, you know, my student debt. Especially like, North yeah. America, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the States. Well, I mean, people just really want to get but, over there anyway, as it is. <laughs> I don't know. And it's tougher for schools like to hire a teacher. Now they got to take into like, consideration that the teacher's got to lock up for two weeks mm. once they get here type thing. And that's a struggle because where are they going to quarantine? If the former teacher is still here living in the apartment, they would have to pay for facilities for that too. Love motels. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find things in Korea are lightening up with regards to restrictions and you know, concerns with COVID here? So uh, Mark, yeah, people are, people are. Yeah. What about like, like I don't know. No, like my work, I'm still, we have to have the kids sitting separated. We have to wear masks all day. Uh, restaurants and everywhere has the hand sanitizer. They're sending out the messages every day. Don't share glasses. Don't talk when you're out to eat and stuff like that. But I am seeing more and more people in the streets and more and more people without masks and things. Yeah, that's getting a lot less. I noticed that too. You know, the odd times I do go out, there's a lot less people wearing masks. And I find it weird because in some way, like in the back of my head, I'm thinking, not negative, but I'm thinking, all right, why are these people not wearing masks? Like, I'm not looking down on them, but I'm a little little pissed off at it. And then I'm also thinking, would the same reaction be the same if, like, if I wasn't wearing a mask? Would people not care, too? Or because I'm a foreigner... Is it important that I do wear a mask all the time? And But anyway. I would love to not wear a mask, but I choose to wear a mask because I never know. Like, if I were seen by a student or a parent, I could just imagine, like, a call to my school complaining, oh, this teacher needs to be tested. They've been out without a mask. It's dangerous and stuff like that. That's one of the reasons, like, I haven't been out at all. I mean, I don't like going out in general that much anyway, but I haven't been out because I couldn't imagine being the reason or like the cause of giving a kid a disease or having a school closed down due to right. I don't want to be the excuse type thing or the the reason behind things going bad so I kind of just stay home but D what's it like in China are things uh, starting to let up? You, you mentioned that you got noticed that you don't have to wear a mask in class anymore so what else? Yeah, and, and they kind of like um, announce for the province what what's going down and what's what the new regulations are. So Shanghai, out in public, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. It's optional. You do have to wear it on the subway and public transit, um, but other than that, um, it's it's all right. Uh, I choose not to wear a mask just because uh, the government says we don't have to, so I, I don't. Um, as far as like China in general, one thing that we kind of haven't talked about yet is like what, what this is going to do for the future. And I think... That's going to be my next I, question. But What I've seen is that Chinese people, some of them are scared to go out. Um Traffic is, even though it, everything's open again, traffic is not as bad as it used to be. Um, 
the malls and places that I've frequented before that I go to again now aren't as busy um, as they used to be. So I think, I think it is seemingly back to normal. You just have more people wearing masks, but also at the same time, I think more people are choosing to stay home and be homebodies than they were before. A lot of students now are opting for their additional classes after school to do online, which I think could be the future of a lot of um, businesses to go online uh, as opposed to being um, in a in a hagwon or in in a uh, in, in a I don't even know what you call them here in China. So private school, um, yeah, like at a private like at a private academy here in China. Well, you were already doing that, though, D, huh? Like, you were right into the online stuff before you even left Korea, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, the, I was doing the, the Palfish and the VIP Kid for uh, four years before this even happened. Um, and I quit just last, last year, which was Chuseok time. Just ended up in Hong Kong on a break, and I was like, I still got to work some VIP Kid classes. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just abruptly quit. Um, but now my students, I, I had homeschool students or kids that, that I would go to their homes to study before the virus. And they couldn't do that until after the, all the restrictions were lifted and kids went back to school. So I did online classes for, again, um, on zoom, which God, who, like we were talking about on the break, man, if we could have invested in zoom before we knew this shit was going to go down. Sick. Yeah would have been wow amazing timing timing was impeccable that was actually on the bbc news it made one of the sort of like big stories on there you know they did like a sort of story on on, on zoom and the timing of the business and how it was launched and then this happened and it just everything sort of fitted yeah. together you know yeah. like unbelievable perfect timing, right yeah. perfect timing right you know another conspiracy I mean, it, it, theory yeah there you go marco it is right yeah, you know, like why why right? Zoom? There is others that existed. I mean, Google Hangouts and Google Meetings now or whatever have been around forever, which is similar. Or Skype. Fascinating. Skype too. My favorite because my favorite are all these videos like these these guys that are in corporate meetings that they think they turn their camera off and they're getting busted for self-pleasuring themselves when all the other people are on and they think that their cameras and microphones are turned off. Or wasn't there a woman who, who like did an animation where she looked like a potato and she couldn't turn it off or something like that? <laughs> no, but yeah, that was the thing. No. She's well, like, fuck it, let's just do the meeting. And she's like the whole time she's just a potato with eyes, like her eyes. <laughs> after we talked about it earlier, I spent the break watching videos of Zoom failures. It was great. That was um, that's pretty cool. I'll have to have a look. I've, I've never looked at that. I just saw something on Facebook saying, like, guy was busted, like, and I didn't watch the video. I was just like, ah, oh, it's got to be something dirty. You know what I mean? Pornhub yeah. oh, <laughs> one for Happy Masturbation Day where a guy dies <laughs> in a public, public or in a, in a corporate meeting and he turns off his microphone and apparently he can't hear either. Turns off his video, so he thought, but it clicked right back on. He runs to the bathroom comes back with a bottle of lotion and a box of tissues, starts unbuttoning his pants, and there's seven or eight other people in the meeting going, no, no, no. One person's trying to call him on the phone at the same time. Everybody's freaking out, and then it goes, happy masturbation day. 
just because you're in work uh, doesn't mean that you're uh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Before mm-hmm. now. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> market. Yeah, man. Anyway, so where do you see this all going? Not masturbation day, but the whole future of, you know, with the coronavirus and stuff. Like, are you worried public schools open now if, like, one kid gets this, you know, gets infected or something, even though, you know, it's not bad or something? Are they going to shut everything down again? Or, like, where do you see this all going? Uh, Adam. Uh, it's really hard to say. You know, you hear about um, public schools in other countries that have reopened and then, you know, there's another small little outbreak. Uh, I think that happened in Jerusalem recently where they had to shut down a whole slew of public schools after they reopened. Um, I hope nothing like that happens here because, like I said, I like teaching in class. Like I, uh, even if now I, I do have to change a lot of my lessons. Like I used to have a lot of like group activities and pair activities, which now I can't do. But um, I'm hoping that it gets, you know, I'm hoping that this kind of dwindles out. People, I hope that people are still cautious and that they wash their hands and wear the mask uh, up to a certain degree. But um, I'm hoping we get back to a certain degree of normalcy, even though, you know, it's best to be cautious about these kind of things. All right. And Marco, where do you see things going? I honestly couldn't even say because I, I mean, it could get worse. It could get better. I think uh, the world has changed forever. Even if things do go back to the way they were before, we'll still like we'll at least be more prepared or more aware of possibilities. And Paul, what, how do you see things going? Uh, to be honest, man, like I hate to be negative, but I think that you know there will be some. There's guaranteed. There's got to be some sort of outbreak somewhere in Korea or wherever. And as soon as that happens, they're going to shut everything down again. And it's going back to square one until there's a, uh, uh, until there's a vaccine. MD, what do you think about the future? Do you think it's going to be like more online? What do you think will happen if a kid gets infected? Like, let's say uh, you're in Shanghai. So what if a kid gets infected and uh, where the hell's the Great Wall? What the hell's the other Beijing? Beijing. <laughs> like kid, if a kid gets infected in Beijing, are they gonna shut down the country again or do they um, just be isolated and they can contain it and Well over the weekend Beijing just had another outbreak um that was from a, a market and about fifty people tested positive, so they shut Beijing down army style again. Uh, military lockdown, um, schools, gyms, all that kind of stuff. So if somebody here is infected, I don't think so. But if there's a cluster, I do think that it'll be shut down again. Um, they've gotten very good at, at tracing people through technology and figuring out where, where – um, where everybody is, let's put it that way. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I try not to think about it. I, I, I try to try not to think about it. Cause, cause God, we can get into a lot of, a lot of theories. We can get in a lot of uh, negative 
perspectives, but I want to keep it positive and say that this is just a phase and we're going to get through it. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. I don't think negatively of it. I mean, I think uh, I think if, you know, some kids get infected or something like that somewhere here in Korea, I think they can isolate it and, you know, with the tracing and all that. They might have to shut down the specific school, but I don't think people are going to, you know, be that concerned with it anymore in terms of uh, shutting everything down. I think we're just going to learn to live with it kind of like, I don't know, like chicken pox or something back in the day. Although it's a different, obviously it's a different disease and all that, but people, we're just going to learn to live with it. And as far as returning, as far as as returning to normal, I mean, I remember reading somewhere like maybe the normal was not a good thing anyway and things are changing for the better i mean obviously like you look at the environment and everything now which and also people's people's standards of of hygiene right you know you got a lot of more people washing their hands which is you know which is great you know well let me just say through all this uh, um, virus stuff they have made the beijing bikini how the men can roll their shirt up to their chest like this and walk around they made it illegal now so can't do that so they're making positive steps here really <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> never heard of that before no oh. me neither i'm doing that right now so cutting <laughs> it off well, that's going to be it for this episode of K-Pod, Life in Korea. I'd like to thank everyone out there who is listening or watching us. And I'd like to thank our guest and host today for joining. Thanks, of course, to Adam. Adam, where can people get in touch with you if they're looking to do that? You can find me on any social media, um, Instagram, Everstalwart. And you can find me on the 10 Years Apart podcast, which I co-host along with Scott. Uh, you can find us at 10yearsapart.com and check out our YouTube videos. Please like, share, and subscribe. And Marco, thanks again for being here and you know joining the podcast again. So where can people get in touch with you if they want to? Well, thanks for having me back. And uh, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I do not remember my Instagram handle at the moment because I changed it a couple months ago. But if you search for the Changwaner, you can definitely find links to my Facebook or from the K-pop global yeah, Instagram. I'll, you can I'll find have me. the links below anyway. And thanks to Paul for coming back for this episode and joining joining us again here on K-pod. Paul, where can people get in touch with you? Well, if they really want to get in touch with me, I've got uh, obviously Facebook, Instagram, the usual stuff. It would be Paul Roberts. Cute jot there, dog picture. His name's uh, John. And then obviously for graphic design, it would be hypedesign.studio. And that's it. And of course, thanks to Dee for joining us for this episode and giving his insights and things on China. And it was great seeing you again. Dee. What's up with you, and where can people get in touch with you? You too, buddy. Well, guys, I am happy to see all of us together. It's been a long time. 
Uh, let me give a few shout outs uh, to my friend Polly Ford um, and Hendrik out there. Also, too, want to give a shout out to a guy named Julian Switala who runs and helps to run a page called the Edgy Korean Memes for Korean and Expat Drama Queens. <laughs> I so wish, so wish that I had joined that site when I was living in Korea. It would have gotten me through a lot of darker days. Down. But um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, just contact me through A, B, C, D, E, E, 428 at uh, gmail.com. And that's it. All right, and of course, once again, I'm Scott. You can get in contact with me through anything regarding this podcast or Chang Wonderful or the Chang Wanner. Or you can email me at scott at changwanner.com. And if you have any questions you think we could help you out with, just let us know. We love hearing from you. And if there's any topics you'd like to see us cover on this podcast, just let us know too. Thanks again for listening, watching, and joining us here on K-Pod. Stay tuned for our next episode, and wherever you are out there, we hope you stay safe, and whether you're coming to Korea or already here, we hope your experience is just as good as ours with regards to living in Korea. Bye! Bye, boys! Bye, boys! Good to see you guys. Yeah, good to see you too, bro. Bye, wife. Be nice to you. Alright. You guys keep in touch, eh? Bye, guys. Bye. Love.